Welcome. You're about to hear an inspirational message by David Entry. May your faith increase and your heart be stirred towards God as you listen to this life-transforming message. Press subscribe so you're the first to know when the messages are released. Blessed are your ears for the things they hear. I've written to you that you will know how to conduct, how you ought to conduct yourself. First Timothy 3.15 And he said, without controversy. Do you know what that means? What does that mean of that? So when it says without, this is without controversy, what, do, what, what does it mean? Eh? You can't debate. It's very obvious. It's clear. It's plain. It's so plain that it, it, it's crazy to say that. Or, or, or. No one would debate it because it said, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. It's so great that, that listen, that's a nice one. Thank you, Jesus. It's so great that it's so normal for even people who call themselves Christians not even to accept some of the things of godliness. Because it's a, without control, great is the mystery. Do you know mystery? Mystery is different from ministry. And mystery is different from misery. Because most people don't know the mysteries of God, their lives are left to miseries. <laughs> the mystery of godliness. There's something that is not straightforward about godliness. It takes a long time to keep getting it and getting it. The main thing about godliness, this whole God thing, no wonder a lot of people don't get it right. No wonder it's so easy for a lot of people to just speak anyhow about church and God. Because he said, no, I, I agree. Without controversy, this is why I can't debate that the mystery of godliness is so great that even the brilliance of minds can get it. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Then it begins to tell us what the mystery of godliness is actually about. God was manifested in the flesh. Flesh. Ah. That that, that in itself is is, a conundrum. (laughs) I mean, God manifested in the flesh. You see, I told you that the mystery of godliness is so great. If you say it the way, it's people will be upset. And anybody attempting to worship God, not in the name of Jesus, is actually worshiping devils. This is part of the mystery of godliness. It's not that straightforward. So people will not, I, I, somebody say, I beg to differ. I expect you to. <laughs> I expect you to because this is a mystery it's above your head you can't just accept it a mystery is something that is above just plain mysteries must be revealed it's something that is covered it's veiled veiled you can't get it education can't let you can't teach you 
Reading can teach you. We are talking about godliness. God manifested in the flesh. It begs a major question. How? <laughs> Didn't we tell you great is the mystery? <laughs> I mean, it's not a small mystery. It's a big, great, complex mystery. Wow. Where I'm going, some of you don't have a clue. Because now I really, I really need time. I need your attention because it's some of the things I'm saying. If you can pray that the Holy Spirit will circumcise your heart, watch this to get it. Your reward will be great in heaven. Why am I saying that? Because it will change your approach to the work of God, and that will also determine the kind of reward God gives you. Is the mystery of godliness. God decides to create everything. And part of what he has created and how things work, he has programmed something into it. But the way that thing works, he has hidden it from man. No researcher can know it. No teacher can know it. Nobody can know it. He has hidden that one. So the time, when the time came for God to manifest it, people say, no, but this cannot be. This is not normal. This is not normal. No, no. It has become a big mystery of the ages. Because it's, uh, some things are not natural. So when God created the heavens and the earth, great is the mystery of godliness. Listen. God was manifested in the flesh. I don't get it. How did he do that? How did God become a flesh? Because flesh is polluted. Sin lives in the flesh. Ah, this thing is too much for my head. Sin lives in the flesh. Romans chapter 7 verse 17. It says, it says that, but now, it's no longer I would do it, but sin that dwells in me. So what I don't want to do, I do. Go to the next verse. For, for I know that in me, that is where. And God becomes flesh. Ah. In the flesh, nothing could dwells. For to will. As for willing is good, I want to do it. I will to do it. I don't want to do the porno. I don't want to do the voice thing. I will. My willing is there. But how to perform what is good? I can't find it inside me. It's not inside this flesh. In my flesh. There's a problem with the flesh. Wow. And God was manifested in the flesh. Now, do you agree when the Muslims say, how can you say God? Jesus is a God. It makes sense. It's a great, it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes natural sense. It makes sense. Because the realm and the scope of natural sensibility accepts that God can be in the flesh. God, in his wisdom, did it. And now, how did he do it? Because it's the problem. 
How can so he was working? He was working, eating fish and chips. And yet, yes, it's God. And so when he came, who was up there? It's like the caretaker has gone home. Hmm? So Muslims will tell you that. So when Jesus was on the cross and died, that means God died. You mean you are God? That's why they took stones. They want to stone him. How can you, a man, how can you, a man, make yourself equal with God? Do you know why they killed Jesus? The charge was he said he's the son of God. That's the Jewish charge. They blasphemed. They said you, making yourself equal with God. They pick up stones. That's why they said crucify him. Crucify him because he said he's God. But if he said he's not God, he's a liar. And then it becomes a problem when he goes and tells them that the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. That's when, before he started his ministry, just when he was starting. He went where he grew up. Luke chapter 4, verse, from verse 16. And he went to Galilee. So he came to Nazareth where he had been, where he had been what? Where he had been what? Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? That's where he was a child. They cleaned his poo-poo and everything. We know you so much. Now you are coming to us and say you are God. You are mad. You are mad. We know your mother. We know your father. God has not got a mother. God has not got a father. God has not got a brother. But we know your mother. We know your father. We know your brothers. Shut up. You are a stupid boy. And yet, he couldn't say otherwise because that's what he is. He is actually God. But God blended so well in the flesh, nobody in the flesh could identify him. I know if you are God, come in the flesh. Even though you are nothing, even though you are nothing, look at the noise you are making for everybody to think that your hair is nice. Your, look, look at the way you are crying for attention. Meanwhile, you are nothing. Are you getting something? Yes. You know what I'm teaching you is pure Christian teachings. Yes. Oh, he comes there and he goes to the synagogue as his custom was. So even when he was not yet ready to start his ministry, he had a basic behavior. Every time when he go, he would go to the synagogue and then he would like to read. You won't even want to do anything. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue on Sabbath day. He every time we in church and stood up to read. He was used to doing that. When we gather, what is it that is peculiar about your doing? So he went and read. And they gave him the scroll. And that day, 
the reading was from Isaiah 61. Yes. Yes. But listen, listen, listen. Say, great is the mystery. Great is the mystery. God doesn't have accidents. Whoever did the, the reading plan for the year, they didn't know that on the day that God is ready to read, he's going to read about himself from Isaiah. So do you know, do you know the truth? On that day, even though it was not planned, nobody else could, would have read it. God, that scripture was written for that day. And when the day came, he walks verse 18 and took a read from Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim the liberty, uh, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. I like the verse 19. I like the verse 19. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To declare that this is the year the Lord has made. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. Shout hallelujah. Please sit down. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is it. He said to today as I stand here, that's what Jesus was saying. Today as I stand here, I'm here to proclaim that this is the time. God in the flesh. Then, based on the mystery, or based on common sense, based on human sensibility, the cheek of it, and he had the audacity to add that this day, the scripture, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Excuse me, what do you mean? <laughs> so when he finished, listen, when he finished, he closed the book, verse 20, he closed the book. He closed the book and gave it to the attendant and sat down and, uh, and eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. They couldn't take their eyes off him. What is it that he read they haven't heard before? Yes. Yes. But he, he read in a way and something arrested their spirits. He hasn't done any miracle. Mm. Wow. He, hasn't done he just read. That's why pastors must read the scriptures. Wow. He just read the spirit. If the spirit is upon you, when you read the scriptures, the spirit and the scriptures, boom, wow. starts a fire in somebody's wow. heart. He said, and all, not only a few, all the eyes of those who were in this, everyone who was there. So he became the center stage. He came to the front to read. When he finished, he went. The next person who came, no one was watching him. He came to, the, to sit down and saw everybody's eye was upon him. Whatever is going on on the stage, they don't care. Whatever is on the projector screen, they don't care. 
all eyes were on him. And then when all eyes were on him, he said to them, today, the scriptures is fulfilled in your hearing. No wonder they couldn't take their eyes off him. Something was moving. There's a move of the spirit in their hearts. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Then, deep in their hearts, they knew it. They, they, they could feel. It's true. It's true. But they, they bumped into a problem. They wanted to accept it, but when they think about it, it's not, it doesn't make sense. The mystery of godliness was always giving them a problem. You can't think about God straight because your mind can't take it. So look at verse 22. Look at verse 22. So they all bore witness with him and they marveled at the gracious words that, proceed, that proceeded out of his mouth. They marveled. Wow. Instead of letting their spirits keep going, their uncircumcised hearts blocked it. Then they said, ah, it looks like this is something good, but we know him too much. Where was he talking? Where he had been brought up. Where he had been brought up. They, they knew everything about him. He said, is this not joke? So that means that, that means that forget about how I feel now. Forget about what this man is saying and something is happening to me. Forget about it. No, I won't, I won't let anybody deceive me. Let me engage my mind. But your mind is missing God. Because the mystery of godliness is so great, your mind will miss God. So they engaged their mind. They started using their scientific analysis. Started analyzing things. They've been trained. They are too smart. I'm too smart for him to be. See, but their heart bore witness. But their mind had a different witness. Because great is the mystery of godliness. Is this not Joseph's son? And they started talking about his brothers and sisters. Is this not Joseph's son? Wow. And, and he said to them, You will surely say the prophet physician, hear yourself. What we, had, we have heard do, you do in Capernaum, do it here. So. And he started telling them the Old Testament issues. Then when he finished telling them the story, <laughs> they got angry. It is normal to preach and people be angry. <laughs> Look at verse 28. Look at verse 28. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Not, not anger. Wrath. <sighs> Stupid. Nonsense. Foolish man. Watch this. Can I, can I show something? I draw your attention to that. All those in the synagogue. Well, is it not all these same people who fix their eyes on him? The same people are now very angry. Look at 29. They are, and 
rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill on which the city, their city was built, that they might throw him down. They want to throw him out of here. They only preached what was true. You can't handle the truth. He only preached what was true. They said, let's kill him. But you know, before they, God gave them the chance to have the witness in their heart. But they block it with their mind. And on the day of judgment, they will not be judged on what they thought, but the, the truth they knew in their hearts. Because they bore witness. They already bore the witness. You can't deny there's some truth there. You can't deny. But your stubborn heart, your stubborn mind, uncircumcised mind and heart, you resist the Holy Spirit. Is it not amazing? It's amazing! So back to First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. No, this time nothing. 15 was just the starter. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. So that's manifesting the flesh. God, God manifested in the flesh. Then justified in the spirit. When Jesus came to the flesh, and when he came in the flesh, in fact, let me tell you about the flesh. Because I told you, I told you that flesh, um, he said, in me, nothing good dwells in my flesh. How come Jesus, God has to come and take flesh which nothing good dwells in? So in Romans chapter 8 verse 3, the Bible says that what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending forth his son in the likeness of sinful flesh, The law was given by God. Thou shalt not do this, do this. But they couldn't keep it. God, the flesh is too weak to be able to meet up to God's standard. Think about it. How can a human being, how can a human being measure to God's standard? According to Romans chapter 7, according to Romans chapter 7, I think verse 11 and 12, 13, and 14. 11 and 14 particularly. It says that, look at 10. What was the purpose of the commandment? By ending up bringing death. How? How? Look at the next verse. For sin. It didn't say sins. There's somebody living inside. Sin, taking occasion of the commandment, deceived me and used the commandment to kill me. He used the commandment to kill me. The murder weapon was the commandment that is good. Because the commandment is God's standard. But I'm so sinful, there's sin in the flesh. So when the commandment came, sin said, ha, ha, ha. Good has come. I will show you how sinful you are. So, 
It's like you are trying to be good or you are trying not to smell. Or you are not bathing. And you have gone to buy perfume, put you on yourself. And t- two hours later, so, so because human nature is flawed, because the human nature is flawed, when the, the standard of God came, he made us even look worse. We were better off without the standard of God coming. But the standard of God is so high, it made us look so dirty and dead. So the death inside us actually took advantage and showed how worse we were. Verse 12. Therefore, the law is holy. I told you. The commandment is holy, just and good. So there's no problem with the commandment of God. So where's the problem coming from? The problem is inside me. Inside my flesh. Verse, verse 13. So that, that said that, hence that, uh, has then what is good become dead to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. That's the problem. So back to 8, chapter 8. This is our Romans. So chapter 8, verse 3. It says that for what the law, the commandment could not do in the flesh. Because it was weak through the flesh. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. God brings a standard. He said, I want to have a relationship with you. But I'm so, my, I'm God. I'm so pure. But I, I can't have a relationship below a certain standard. So to have a relationship, you come to this standard. But when he brought the standard, rather, you look so bad that you, were, you had to be far from God. Yeah. <laughs> So it looks like what God was trying to do, the law that was meant to bring life actually ended up bringing death. That's what we read earlier on. So that means there's a problem here. So God said, no problem. What the law could not do, God did. Get it? Can I say that again? What the law could not do, God did. What was the law supposed to do? Wow, you guys are here. Yes! The law was supposed to bring life. What did it end up bringing? Death. Death. Why did it bring death? Sin that is in me. It rather produced death. Oh, no! It's like, it's like God sends the law to bring us life. And because sin was inside us, when the law came, the standard of God, the standard of God is so far from sin that rather we ended up dying because it shows that you are condemned. So what the law could not do, God did. How did he do it? By sending his own son. So his son came like flesh. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. So his son came in the likeness of flesh. Why? He came in the likeness of sinful flesh. He had the flesh, but he was without the sin of the flesh. Because he was without the sin of the flesh, he could meet the law of God. The problem 
of the flesh, so long as the law of God is concerned, is the sin inside the flesh. So when the sin and the when the law comes and the sin reacts to the flesh, it kills you. <coughs> it just kills you. It's like they're trying to give you a certain injection, and there's some your body reacts rather than you are not in trouble. So God, they said, no problem. God said, I'm going to do it myself. Because nobody can keep the standard of God. Who can keep the standard of God? God himself. Great is the mystery of godliness. So God said, I didn't give the law for them to keep. I gave the law to come and keep it myself. I told you great is the mystery of godliness. I gave them the law. Yeah. It's killing us. It's, don't worry, don't worry. You, you can't keep it, but just, it's not for you. Why do you think the commandment, they put it in the um, Ark of the Covenant and covered it? If you want them to keep it, you, said, no, you should put it on the notice board. Yeah. By putting a box and lock it. Yeah. How do you put signs in box and lock it? Because it's not meant for you to be keeping it. God gave the law for him to come and keep it himself. Do you understand it? Yes. I told you great is amazing. Some of you, now your mind is it's too much for your mind is tired. <laughs> <laughs> have, have, have you not noticed? Have you not noticed what has happened? Did you notice what happened? What was the purpose of the law? <laughs> and what happened? <laughs> Why couldn't it bring life? <laughs> So what is the problem with man? Sin. What's the problem with the flesh? Sin. So watch this, watch this. Romans chapter 7. It says that the things I want to do, I can't do. Let's, let's, let's explore Romans chapter 7 from verse 17. I will just, we just let's watch this. But now, it's not like verse 16. Let's start from verse 16 so it makes sense. If then I do what... Okay, we were reading till verse 12, good Lord. This is, many, many people can't get their head around Romans chapter 7. I cannot, cannot. But so let's go to verse 12 where it says that the law is good. All right. Therefore, the law is holy. The commandment is holy, just and good. That's, um, has then what is good become dead to me? Certainly not. But sin, where is the problem coming from? Sin. Where is the problem coming from? Sin. But sin, that it might appear sin was producing death in me. Sin was producing death in me. Through what is good, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. It now looks so bad that I'm dead. <laughs> Go to the next verse. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold on As for the law, it is... There's no problem with the law. But the problem is with the flesh. And what's the problem of the flesh? Sin. Not sins. Sin. It's a certain character. There's somebody. Somebody has hijacked, hijacked the flesh. Most of you are always thinking about sins. No. The problem of the fallen man is not sins. The problem of the fallen man is sin. There's somebody living inside you. Producing all kinds of things. 
producing against the law of God. It's sin. It's controlling you. It's a personality. It's a he. He says that, but I am canal. The law is I'm canal soul and that's in 15. For what? Watch this. For what I am doing, I do not understand. Doesn't it sound like somebody here? Yes. You don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> you don't know when you stop chasing this boy. <laughs> so somebody comes, Pastor, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. Me, I know. <laughs> For what I'm doing, I do, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. The things I don't want to do, I keep doing. It's not that I don't want to, I hate. What I hate is that that is what I keep doing. Go to the next verse. If then I do what I do not to do, I agree that the law, that the Lord is good. The law is good. But now, it is no longer I that do it. But sin is Me. Somebody is living inside you. The question is, how did he come inside? Do you know how he came inside? When Adam ate, Satan entered the flesh. So Satan entered the flesh and the devil said, yeah, I'm done. Because, watch this, because there is some space inside you that must be occupied by either God or the devil. And God told them, eat the good fruit, the tree of life, so that God can come in. And they ate the tree of knowledge of evil and Satan came in. From that time, God planned how to redeem us from the power of sin. Amen. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah. From that time, watch this. From that time, do you know what? This is another one. From that time, God came to Adam. Adam, where are you? I heard your voice and I was afraid. You know, when people are singing, they don't want to sit in front. They want to hide. I heard you and I was afraid and I heard you. And I hit, I hit. And he said, Adam, who told you? Why were you afraid? Have you eaten of the tree? Genesis chapter 3, verse 12 downwards. Have you eaten of the tree I asked you not to eat? He said, Is the woman you gave me? It's the girls. It's the girls. The girls. It's the same thing Adam did. You are behaving like Adam. Instead of taking responsibility, he says the girls. 
Oh, Pastor, tell the girls to wear something loose. It's too tight. It's, it's, it's making my friend. You don't behave like Adam. As long as you put the responsibility on somebody, you can never be delivered. So, so he said, Adam, have you eaten? He said, it's the woman. Then God went to the woman. He said, woman, what is this that you have done? And then the woman said, no, it was the devil who made me do it. Yeah. See, see, I'm, not, I'm telling the truth. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? Girl. And the woman said, the serpent deceived me. Watch this. So, Adam was the one who was questioned. He said the woman. The woman was questioned, says the devil. And then God went to the devil. He didn't question the devil. He judged the devil. And the Lord said, verse 14. And the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go. And you shall eat. This is a serious one. That one is a serious one. You shall eat what? So, man is dust. So, if you are not in Christ, you are food for the devil. Uh, haven't you been to funeral? I said, dust to dust. God told man, he said, dust thou art. You are dust, and you shall return to dust. I think verse 19 or so. I think, look at verse 19. Swear to that till you return. For dust you are, and you shall, dust shall you return. And God has told the devil that you eat dust. If you are not in Christ, you are food for the devil. Is the word sweet? So, so verse 15. So after he cursed the devil, and he told the devil, I'll put enmity between you and the woman that's within you and human beings, and between your seed and her and her, and her. Great is the mystery of God. Long time. As watch this. As oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. As soon as sin checked into your body, God planned to also come in the body. You are not getting it. I cannot keep the commandments of God because of sin that lives in my flesh. God said, as the day sin entered man, God said, me myself, I'm also going to come as flesh and face you in the flesh. So when he was cursing the devil, he said that the seed, the woman is going to give birth to a human being. And that human being is not going to be an ordinary human being. It's going to be a big seed. Me. I'm going, God. God. You remember what we are reading? For what? Romans chapter 8 verse 3. 
For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did. We'll come back to that. Let's go to Romans chapter 7. Where did we end? Verse 17. Romans 7, 17. So he says that, verse 18, For I know that in me, that is my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform which is good, I find not. I search inside me. There's nowhere inside me where I can find a chance to do what is good for God. What makes you think that by you, by your goodwill, and by your nice self can do God's word? You don't have it inside you. Then verse 19 says that, For the good that I will do, I do not. But the evil I will not do, that I practice. 20. Now, if I do what I would, uh, if I do what I will not do, it is no longer I will do, but sin that. When did sin come in? Adam came into, and everyone. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. We'll come back to verse 20. Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as through one man, sin. Ah. Did you see that? Can you see it? One man, sin entered. Ha. So sin is not an action here. It's a character. A personality. He came into the world through one man. That's why God said, Adam, you allow sin to enter humanity. And when sin entered, it didn't come alone. It came with death because the wages of sin. It came with death. And death spread to open because all sinned. Before you were born, you actually sinned. Let me show you a little bit of some, something just to give you hope. Then we'll go back to Romans 7. Look at verse 19. Look at verse 19. Verse 19 says that, Therefore, for us by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So it wasn't your sinning that made you a sinner. <coughs> Adam's disobedience made you a sinner. But that's not fair. So also by one man's obedience, many are made righteous. So the truth is, you are either in Adam or in Christ. That is what determines who goes to heaven. It's not what you are practicing. It's who you are in. So either you are either in Christ or in Adam. Everybody who was born, Bible says that sin passed through all, all became sinners in Adam. So you arrived a sinner because the flesh, sin is living inside you. But you have to now take responsibility and then come into Christ. Wow. 
But it's so nice. He says that, oh, why? Why? I've not done it. It's not because of Adam. Look at what you are doing. So why don't you also take advantage because of Christ? So what Adam brought against us? Oh, it's gone. What Adam did and brought against us? The seed of the woman came to undo it. Did, did you understand? Yeah. Who is the seed of the woman? Great. Of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. And the manifested God in the flesh is the seed of the woman. It is what is called Christ. Ah. God manifested in the flesh is the one who is called the seed of the woman. Is the one through whom his obedience brought righteousness to all of us who are in him. But how come when he arrived, people who were practicing the law of God and the things of God didn't notice him? Because he is the mystery of the ages hidden in God. You can read the Bible and read and not notice him. Christ is the mystery of God. That's what I'm trying to be preaching about. Colossians 2.2. I've not jumped ahead of myself. I just, just want to, to give you an idea, a, a picture, and come back. Colossians 2 2. In their heart, maybe, that they have been knit together in love and attaining to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to know the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and there is a mystery of God. Romans chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Christ Jesus, according to the revelation. That mystery was, that's why when Christ came, they couldn't even know. Because it's something God has kept secret. You can't just know it. Do you understand when people are talking rubbish about church? Why they will? It's a mystery. People who are practicing religion, 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 Christ came, they killed him. They killed him. Bible says that they, you, you, you killed the altar of life. Think about it. The altar of life. Acts chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. He called the servant of God, Jesus Christ. He says that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus. That's also a whole topic, servant. His servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, who, when, he was de- when he determined, he was determined to let him go. Pilate didn't want to kill him because this man is too pure. And they said, no, give us Barabbas. Go to, let's go to the next verse. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. 
He said, we don't want the, the Holy One. Kill him. Give us the murder because we hated him. Look at the next verse. And kill the prince of life. You kill the prince of life. Whom God raised from the dead. Which we are witnessing to you. Yes. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. In some translation it says the altar of life. The one from whom life comes, you kill him. That is also enhances the mystery. How can the one who gives life be dead? How can him who is the author of life, the prince of life, be killed? So in Acts chapter 2, he said, For it was not possible that death could hold him, the grave could hold him. <laughs> it's not possible that grave could hold him. <laughs> Whom God read, having lost the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by grave. In Hebrews, Hebrews says that, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 16, he says that he, um, uh, uh, verse 16, he, according to the, he, is not, he wasn't appointed as a priest, uh, uh, not according to the law of fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. You can't end this life. And the power of that endless life is what he was appointed a priest based on that. So because of that, his priesthood does not end, he doesn't die. All the other priests in the Bible, they kept dying. They kept dying. So verse 17, sorry, verse 25 says that, therefore, since we have a great high priest who does not die, pastor, therefore, he is able, no, verse 24, verse 24, look at verse 24, but he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. He's the same president for many years, forever. He has an unchangeable priesthood. And because of that, he is able to also save us to the fullest. Therefore, he's also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives. So his, his tenure, tenure, his, his presidency, his enthronement is permanent, not to change laws, but to oversee your salvation to the fullest. He said, don't worry, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I've died for you to get this, and I'm going to make sure you get it. Great is the mystery of godliness. Now, he said, I find then, this is, this is a very interesting thing. I didn't want to go into all this, but I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. I want to do good, but there's a certain law. The law is that evil is present with me. Evil is present. How did it become present with you? Sin that is living in. The sin living in you has made evil present with you. And you who evil is present with, you want to do good, you are joking. There's a law working against you. 
You are eating powdered milk. You have lactose intolerance. It's a law. It's a law. It's a law. It's a law. So, evil is present with you. It's a law. It means that don't attempt to do what you think you can. You want to do. Don't attempt it because there's a law working against you. You just want to jump from the height and still walk in the sky. No, there's a law of gravity to pull you down. Because you saw your friend who went to space, astronaut, and they were floating. You think you can do it here? No. On Earth, there is a law here. It's the law of gravity. It doesn't operate in space, but it operates here. And so that law is inside you. 22. For I delight in the law of God according to my inward man. But there's a problem. The next verse. But I see another law in my members. It's inside me warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. So sin inside and now he's using the law of sin in my members. My members. How many laws? Wait, wait, wait. Go back. How many laws did you see here? Let's try and count them and see. Let's go and count. I see another law in my members. One, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is the same. The law of members and the law of sin. The law of members. But that's, there's a law of my mind. Go to the previous verse, verse 22. So I delight in the law of God. The next verse. But there is a law in my members which, which is warring against the law of my mind. So me, myself, there is a law also I have. I want to do the work of God. I want to do the work. I want to do the law of God. But there is a law in my members that is warring against the law of my mind. So there's this law that came from God that I really want to do it. But because of the law of sin, it is now warring, not against the law of God, but against the law of my, my will, my mind. So now the war is between the war of my members and the war of my mind. The law of my mind. The members and mind. And the law of God is waiting. So that, now look at the next verse. That makes sense. Oh, wretched man. <laughs> It's a body of death. My body is troubling me. Who will deliver me? There's no answer. So that means I'm gone. Look at the next verse. Thank, huh? There's hope. I thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So then, with, the, with, with my mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. So if you allow the flesh... You'll only be a sinner. It's going somewhere. Look at the next verse. There is now therefore no condemnation. The next verse. The next verse. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, so, wait, 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 wait. 
It looks like there is the answer in Christ. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Look at the next verse. For the law, another, another law, another law, another law, another law. When the spirit of life in Christ comes to you, he also comes with another law. To now give you the power to deal with the law of sin. It will make sense in a minute. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm a free man. Now, you can't be a Christian and say, I couldn't, I could not not do it. When you are Christian and you sin, you did it by choice. Because you can't say, I'm not in control. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free. So sin cannot have dominion on you. Oh, pastor, pastor, you are not getting it because the thing is the flesh. It's in my flesh. It's my flesh. It's in my flesh. Some of you have forgotten we started from Romans chapter 8, verse 3. For what the law could not do in the flesh, in that it was through the flesh, God did by sending his own son. Remember, God in the flesh created the mystery of godliness in the likeness of sinful flesh. So he also came in the flesh just like normal flesh, but there was a difference on the account of sin. And Because this sin that has been living in the flesh, when they sin, God told the devil that the seed of the woman is coming. It was a mystery hidden long time. So when the fullness of time came, Christ was born and he came in the flesh. And you know why he came in the flesh? He condemned sin in the flesh. Sin who was living there. So that those of us who are in Christ, now we also have upper hand over sin in the flesh. Amen. Shout hallelujah. Because Christ condemns sin in the flesh, the sin in your flesh cannot control you if you are in Christ. So, uh, so this is why God came, was manifested in the flesh so that he can condemn sin in the flesh. Because if he didn't have the flesh, how can he face sin in the flesh? So as soon as, watch this. <laughs> this is what I was trying to say. You didn't get it. As soon as sin entered the flesh, God said, okay, the woman's seed is coming. Sin entered the flesh. God said, you have entered. Me, myself, I'm going to come as flesh. And I'll meet you in the, uh, and I'll condemn you in the flesh. Shout hallelujah. to Jesus. That's all. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh and Satan didn't know it was coming. Satan didn't see it coming. He suspected it was going to come. So he tried to block Abraham from having a child. 
He suspected it was going to come. So he tried to wipe out the Jews at the time of Esther. And God raised Esther to protect them. He tried to kill them at the time of the famine. But God has sent Joseph ahead to protect them in Egypt. He tried to kill them at Egypt. He said, every male child, kill the male child. Shout Satan knew something will come but he couldn't tell where it's going to come from. So he kept monitoring. He kept monitoring. He kept monitoring. He kept monitoring. Then in the time of Jesus, Jesus was born. He said, kill the boys. Kill the boys. Then Jesus comes to preach his first message in town. He said, kill him. Finish him before he finishes me. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the fullness of time was come, God himself, Galatians 4.4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of the woman, born under the law. Send forth his son, born of a woman. And then we just celebrate Christmas and forget about the devil. We celebrate Christmas and forget about the fact that this is not a baby. It's God who has come. So let's remove this Mary and the baby away and let's, let's stay with, and the word became flesh. getting it in the beginning was the word the word was God the word was God his bed all things were made by him and there was nothing made that was made so he was there in the beginning but in the fullness of time he now became flesh why did he become flesh so that he can destroy him look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 Hebrews 2 14 he says that inasmuch as the children, that's you and I, are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Christ himself, likewise shared in the same. He also became flesh and blood. Why? That through death he might destroy him that has the power into So when he went to the cross, he wasn't dying on the cross, he was working. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 what does it say oh oh that's the first appearance of the devil in the bible and his first appearance how did he appear how how did he appear as a serpent Somebody said, well, As a serpent. And he, he came straight to the girls. Satan can easily use you to spoil God's work, girl. You have to be careful. 
Don't let the devil use you to spoil God's work. He uses men, he uses women. By his favorite tool, easier one. God also uses men, uses women. But he can easily use men, a woman. That's why he told the devil, he's the seed of the woman. Not the seed of the man. So the serpent. And when they ate of the fruits of good, uh, the knowledge of good and evil, the nature of the serpent entered them. And that is called sin lives in me. Are you getting it? Luke chapter 3 verse 7, Matthew chapter 3 verse 7, Matthew chapter 12 verse 34, Matthew chapter 23 verse 33. Luke 3 7. Luke 3 7. What does it say? Let's all read it. A pastor, people are coming to your church. He said, Why are you coming? <laughs> and he calls them what? What's a viper? Matthew 3, 7. Let's go. So, it looks like when God was ready to save man, the people he sent, John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets. He called people, human beings, you are brood, generation of serpents. I thought it, if it was John the Baptist, that wouldn't mean too much. But Jesus also comes, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. And he tells them that generation of snakes, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things out of them? Jesus also calls them brood of vipers. How are you calling human beings vipers? Snakes? Because the nature of snake is in them. The first description of the devil in the Bible, don't forget this, he wasn't called Lucifer. The first description only appeared in the Bible, he said a serpent. And actually, interestingly, the last mention of the devil in the Bible, he was also described as the old serpent, the old dragon, the serpent. Let me show you that one. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. Verse 2, and then verse 10. Revelation 22. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan and bound. So the dragon, the serpent of old, still in Revelation, Bible was calling him. He's the serpent of old. He's the original serpent who was cursed to crawl on his stone. What does verse nine say? Is it nine or ten? Verse 10. 
the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire, the brimstone, the, the, the brimstone where the beast and the false prophet and they will. So this is the last appearance of the devil in the Bible. From here onwards, you don't hear about the devil again. Yeah. Two chapters more. Chapter 21 and chapter 22. The last two chapters of the Bible, the devil was finished with. The first two chapters of the Bible, the devil was not there. He showed up in the chapter 3. He showed up in Genesis chapter 3. Verse 1, Satan has come, the serpent. Yeah. So, the first two chapters of the Bible and the last two chapters, Satan was on inside. The rest, Satan was inside. As a serpent. So, Jesus comes to the Pharisees and says that, calls them. I think another translation uses generation of Vipers of, of serpents. Matthew chapter 23, verse 33. Serpents! This is Jesus calling people. Serpents! How can you escape the condemnation? Serpents? Ah. No, no. Let's, let's just do logical analysis here. Why would Jesus call people serpents? Because he knows the nature they carry. He actually, one of the translations said generations of vipers. So I want to show you something. Then I'll end. How many of you know what, where this scripture can be found? For God so loved the world. Most people only read John 3.16. They never think about John 3.15. What does John 3.15 says? But that's not a complete statement. It's not fool that whosoever believes in him. At least just first chapter 15, 16 makes sense. For God so loved the world. <laughs> but it's just explaining, this one is explaining a previous statement. So for, because God so loved the world that he gave his something that whosoever believes. So this is, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Does that make sense? So let's go back to where we came from. Verse 15. Verse 15. John 3, 15, what does it say? Oh, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Because it does, it's not a complete statement. What do you mean by that, whosoever? I think let's make sense of it. So, should we, should, should we go back? Are you ready for what is behind it? Let's look at what is behind it. So when he was dying, he also died like a serpent. But this one, a serpent without the venom. What the law could not do in that it was weak to the flesh, God did 
by sending his own son in the likeness of serpents. So he also came like a serpent infested flesh but without the poison and he faced the main serpent in his body. So Jesus had to come in the flesh. That is Genesis 3, 6, said the seed of the woman. Great is the mystery of God. God was manifested in the flesh. So the, that flesh is a big thing. Because the flesh has been serpentined. But because we are, have had the serpentine flesh, and he has to, and sin lives in the serpentine thing. He has to now come in the serpentine flesh and face sin in the flesh and crush. Bible says that Romans eight three. Remember that he might condemn sin in the flesh. <laughs> An account that he might condemn sin in the flesh. So when he went to the cross, he took the flesh with the sin and nailed it to the cross. flesh and that's why I said when he was on the cross he was working he was crushing the seed of the woman was crushing the head of the serpent so he took the flesh it's too late for Satan to jump out of the flesh because God has now come in the flesh he was hiding in and then took the flesh nailed it to the cross now he said, now, just like Moses raised the serpent in the wilderness, when you look at the sun on the cross, when you look at this big serpent, this holy serpent on the cross, your serpent nature will be taken care of. In the wilderness, they were being beaten by serpents. And God told Moses, just do a bronze serpent. That's why the sign of pharmacy is that. And then put it where everybody can see. So anyone who is bitten by the serpent, don't go home. Don't go to hospital. Find, move towards where you can just see the sun on the cross. So, when God was doing that, it wasn't the Israelites he was doing before. It was a sign of he, God himself. One day, is going to be a serpent because the serpent Moses made couldn't kill. He didn't have the venom. It wasn't a demonic serpent. It had the nature of a serpent, but it wasn't a serpent. Jesus had the nature of a sinful flesh, but he wasn't sinful. Is it not amazing? Thank you, Jesus. So he said, as, as Moses lifted this, this is deep. As Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted. Why? Why? That whoever believes in you. Remember what the Romans said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? There's a thanks be to God that Christ Jesus 
Somebody shout hallelujah. Yeah, it's a mystery. Great is the mystery. How can man, how could man have programmed this? Man can do this because he will not be alive to see it happen. This one, it, it transcends generation upon generation. Romans chapter 16, verse 26. It transcends generation from time. So Bible says that, but made manifested by the prophetic spirit of the Lord. According, no, that's that verse, the previous verse, verse 25. Uh, according to the gospel, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 9. Ephesians chapter 3. To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hid in God. It's hidden in God. It's hidden. So people, science can't discover it. Intellectuals can't defer. Wise men can't discover it. It's hidden in God. Just hidden in God. That mystery. What's this mystery? God was manifested in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached amongst men. Received into glory. Thank you, Jesus. So if God now dealt with the flesh, do you think that's the end of the story? Why is it not the end of the story? Eh? We are not getting it. The, the, the story must continue from where it was interrupted in Genesis. God created you for himself. And the serpent came inside. And he came, God himself came as a man and removed the serpent from man. How can that be the end? And put himself now, when he removed it, he put himself into Christ in you. <laughs> so, God's eternal plan. Was to mix himself with man. But he couldn't do it as long as the serpent nature was inside. So he had to come and remove the serpent nature. So he makes himself. Do you remember how he started? That if I tarry, you know how to conduct yourself in the house of God. If they talk about evolution, the real evolution is the church. I'll explain it. 
The church is evolving. Now is the house of God. But by the time the Bible is ending, it's the city of God. So, when God called Abraham, he called Abraham because he was going to his... God's plan was to raise flesh. I'll explain it. Because God said the seed of the woman. So that means God himself has to come as flesh. But where... It must be a certain type of preserved flesh. So he couldn't have used anybody. So he came to Abraham and waited. Abraham couldn't have a child again. Sarah couldn't have a child again. And he said, okay, me, myself, I'm going to start a new something in you. Then that will become the flesh through which I'm going to show up myself. So he comes to Abraham. And suddenly, he receives fresh sperms. That sperm that produced Isaac is not a normal sperm. It's true. It's true. Wow. Wow. So it's a sperm that has been created by a word from God. That's where the Jews come from. That's what makes them very unique. Because they shouldn't exist. Their existence is a new thing God did in Abraham. Because he himself is going to come as flesh. And every flesh must be among the people. So he's one of the people. He is the seed of Abraham. He says that when God called Abraham, he said, go out from Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord has said to Abraham, get out from your kindred, your father's house, your mother's house, to a place where I will show you. And I'll make, get out of your country from your family's father's house and all that to a place where I'll show you. And I'll make, I'll make a great, you a great nation. And I'll bless you and make your name great. And, in, and, and you shall... Be a blessing. The next verse shall be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you and curse you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, that statement in you, the same thing God came to Abraham in um, Genesis chapter 22 after he sacrificed Isaac. I think verse 15, <coughs> verse 14, 15, somewhere there. And God said, I want to show you something. God said, second time, verse 16, said, because you have done this. Verse 16, he said, by myself I saw I'll bless you. And I, 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 because you have done this thing that I have not withheld, I have not withheld your only son from me. In blessing, verse 17, in blessing, I will bless you and multiply your descendants as stars of the earth, which on the earth, and then your de- and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. Go to the next verse. Let me show you something. There's a particular scripture as well. And in your seed. In your seed. In everybody say in your seed. In your seed. Remember the seed of the woman? Yes. In your seed. Now all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So there's somebody who is going to come out of you through whom this problem of serpent and sin will be taken care of. And it's going to come through you, Abraham. So he said, in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And in Galatians, let me show you just, just to two, because this, they didn't put capital S, but I'll show you something. When you look at Galatians chapter 
I think 2.16 or 3.16, quickly. <laughs> 3.16, let's start from 3.16. Yes, uh, 3.16. You see that? Yeah. Now, to Abraham and his seed were the promise made. He does not say to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. So when he said Abraham to your seed, he meant Christ in Abraham. So when Abraham couldn't have a child, God said, that's good. When Abraham grew and he was so old and he got to a place where he couldn't have had a child because naturally it's gone. So outside of nature, the mystery must kick in. Sarah was past age. The mystery must kick in. So supernaturally, God said, you are going to, your wife will have a child. I'm going to give you a child. And Abraham believed it and said, wow, you believe this thing? Abraham believed God that at that age, you have a child. Not because he could, but he believed in the preaching. That same preaching God preached to the devil. That a seed of the woman shall bruise. God came to Abraham and preached to him that you shall have a seed. And Abraham believed and he was counted for righteousness. That's when he got saved. Abraham was saved. <coughs> Abraham was saved. How was he saved? He believed in Christ. Believed in Christ. In Romans chapter four, in oh, let's go, let's do the Galatians one rather. It's in Romans, it's in Galatians, it's, but in Galatians chapter three, verse seven. Galatians chapter three, verse seven. Therefore, know that all uh, uh, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Go to the next verse. Foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand. So when God was telling Abraham, he was actually preaching. Yes. Saying, in, in you, all the nations shall be blessed. And look at the next verse. So then, those who have faith are blessed with believing Abraham. What does the next verse say? Oh, okay, let's go to verse, uh, I think verse 6. Verse 6. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So he didn't behave. He believed. And God said righteousness. We are righteous before God. Not because of the behavior but because we believe in Christ. So Abraham's belief, the gospel he was preached to Abraham by God himself. What is the gospel? The gospel is the message about Christ. And when God was telling Abraham, he was telling him about Christ. So when the Jews said that, who, 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 Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, no, if you are Abraham's son, you will believe in me. Because Abraham saw my days. And he was glad. They said, but actually, John chapter 6, John, sorry, John chapter 8, verse 52 or so, 48. Then the Jews answered and said, um, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and you have a demon? <laughs> the next verse <laughs> Jesus has said I do not have a demon but I honor my father go to the next verse <laughs> I do not see my own glory uh, 50, let's go to 52 go 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 uh, Jesus, uh, the Jews said to him now we know you have a demon uh, 51 let's go to 51 That's, I think uh, uh, most assured I say if you uh, if 
anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then they said to him, now we know, very sure. Then the Jews said, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you say, if we keep your word, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. We are now sure you have a demon. Go to the next verse. Are you greater than our father Abraham who is dead and the prophets who are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? The next verse. Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. If my father who honors me, um, of whom I say, of, of him you say he's your God. Go to the next verse. You have not yet known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Next verse. Your father Abraham. Watch this. This is the one I want. And he saw it. What did he see? He saw the days of Jesus. And he was glad. And they said, now, you are not yet 50. And you are not yet 50. And you have seen Abraham. The next verse. He said, oh, before Abraham, before Abraham, I am. Then they took up stones to stone him because now you have crossed the line. You have crossed the line. Moses saw Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Let's go. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of passing pleasures of sin. Uh-huh. Esteeming the esteeming watch. Who? Who was esteeming the reproach of Christ? Moses? Moses and Christ? All of them. You can't be saved without having an encounter with Christ. So even though he hadn't died yet, he hasn't manifested in the flesh yet, they were saved by faith in Christ. Looking to the cross. We are saved by faith in Christ. Looking back. They were looking forward to the cross. We look back to the cross. It's the same. Let's conclude by saying this. That what the law could not do in the flesh, in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin condemned sin in the flesh. Shout hallelujah. God bless you for listening to this message. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and visit www.caris.org for videos and upcoming events. Remember, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer.